What would you do if you were convinced a German spy lived across the street from you? You'd keep an eye on him, wouldn't you? Well, here, keeping an eye on the man across the street, we find that eminent counter-espionage agent X-13, better known in civilian life as Mr. McGee. Now, favor McGee and Molly. Look at him, the dirty Nazi. I'll bet he blows up the post office before the week is out. If he only knew McGee, that he... what on earth are you doing peeking out that window? The collector for the piano won't be here for another two weeks. I know that. I'm watching that guy across the street. You mean Mr. Schmaltz? Yeah, Frank Schmaltz. You know what that guy is? He's a Nazi spy, that's what he is. He's a dirty Sabatini. <laughs> you mean saboteur. Sabatini is a writer. Sure, he's a writer, and in code, too, if you ask me. I've had my eye on that guy ever since he refused to let me borrow his lawnmower. Oh, dear. If everybody who refused to loan you things was a German spy, dearie, we might as well give up. We're surrounded. Well, it wasn't just that, baby. I got this guy nailed on several counts. In the first... Oh, get away from the window. He's coming out. No, he went back in. He shut the door. You see? Would an innocent guy do stuff like that? Oh. Look, dearie, there are four well-known freedoms. The fifth one is the privilege of opening and shutting your own front door whenever you want to. Okay, okay. Scoff if you want to. Deride. But by George, when they hang this guy by the neck until he's dead in the electric chair, you'll admit that I will... Who's that? Don't move or I'll shoot. Who is it? Who? Who? Oh, calm yourself, McGee. It's just Alice. Oh. Well, what's the matter, Mr. McGee? You seem kind of nervous. Now keep away from the window, Alice. There's a German spy across the street. That guy smiles. <laughs> McGee thinks he's a spy because he wouldn't loan him his lawnmower, Alice. Oh, but I've met Mr. Smaltz, and I think he's very nice, Mr. McGee. I see him all the time out near the airplane plant. Aha! Out near the airplane plant, eh? You hear that, Molly? Well, I've walked out near the airplane plant lots of times myself without getting any nasty notes from J. Edgar Hoover. Oh, well... (laughs) I'm sure he doesn't mean any harm, Mr. McGee. All he does is walk around and take pictures. Take pictures? Oh, is that all? Just goes out to the airplane plant to take pictures. My gosh, girls, don't that mean anything to you? Well, it does to me. It means that all the time he's out there, you haven't once broken into his garage to borrow the lawnmower. Well, besides, Mr. McGee, he doesn't take pictures of the airplane plant. Huh? He doesn't? No. Uh-uh. He just takes pictures of us girls when we're out on the lawn during the noon hour. You see, McGee, he's merely a middle-aged masher with a negative personality. <laughs> you sure he don't take any pictures of the plant, Alice? Oh, never, Mr. McGee. And I don't even see how his pictures of us girls ever come out good with all those airplanes parked in the background. Gee, you'd think he'd want... Airplanes? He lines you kids up to take pictures just for an excuse to get airplanes in the pictures. Can't you see that? What kind of cameras he got? Well, creepers, Mr. McGee, I don't remember, but I think it's a little like a... A little like a what? Come, come, girl. (laughs) This is important. A little like a what? Well, just a little like a... Ah, women. (laughs) My gosh, can't get any sense out of them. I'm telling you, this guy's a dangerous character that all... Lie down! Lie down on the floor! Quick! He caught on to me. He shooting it out. Hey, lie down, Molly! Lie down! Don't be silly. Huh? That was a milk truck backfiring. Oh. 
<laughs> but what broke the window? McGee stuck his hand through it when the truck backfired. <laughs> Are you cut, dearie? Uh, no, no. Just tore my coat sleeve a little. <laughs> well, that just goes to show you, you got to be Jerry at the raffle on a case like this. <laughs> Mind my word, Dallas. Keep an eye on that small sky. Oh, I will. I will, Mr. McGee. I'm sure he doesn't mean any harm, though. He usually just picks out the prettiest girl there and asks me if he can take my picture. But I'll be careful. Now, you begin to see, Molly? He goes out to the airplane plant and takes pictures with a German camera. He's got a German accent and a German haircut. Ah, a German haircut doesn't mean anything. You see thousands of G.I. haircuts these days, but they don't mean German intelligence. Oh, it isn't just those things, kiddo. I met him coming out of the music store the other day with some sheet music under his arm. And you know who wrote it? Who? Berlin. <laughs> well, if you really feel that way about it, why don't you report him to the authorities? Hand me the phone. Though if you're not absolutely sure. Hand me the phone, please. There's such a thing as the law of slander, you know, so... Please, you... Mrs. McGee, the phone. Or is it libel I'm thinking of? I never knew the difference between libel and slander, but the main thing I'll is... I'll get it you... myself. Hello, operator. Give me the local office of the FBI say. Is that you, Mert? Oh, dear. <laughs> How's every little thing, Mert? Yes, eh? What's say, Mert? Your cousin in the Navy. Chief pretty officer, eh? <laughs> it isn't pretty, McGee. It's petty. Petty ought to see this pretty. She's away. <laughs> what say? What say, Mert? Okay, I'll call later. The FBI's busy. What are you going to do now? I'm just going to keep my eye peeled and then... Uh-oh. Get away from the window. He's coming out. Look. He just threw a cigar butt over the porch railing. Now he's gone, he's gone back in. Well, that seemed innocent enough. Innocent? My gosh, don't you get it? He threw a cigar into the rose bushes with his right hand while gazing up in the air. That's cold. It means right to rose in Havana. That things are looking up. Hand me that phone again, quick. Operator, 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 quick. <laughs> Days, McGee. Are you still peeking out that window? You bet your sweet life I am, baby. That guy across the street is a Nazi spy if I ever saw one. And I seen one. <laughs> I called the chief of police and told him, too. What'd he say? Told me to stand by. He did? In so many words, to stand by? Well, not so many words, no. He told me next time I go past the book, stand by a good mystery story. <laughs> I wrap a case up and drop it in his lap, and he laughs it off. My gosh, I don't want any glory out of this. Even any publicity. Even if they give me the Congressional Medal or something, I try to keep it out of the papers. I suppose the newsreel do that to have it, though. Maybe I'd better have a short statement ready to give them when the time comes. To... Come on, come in, come in with your hands up. You're covered. Oh, You're... Oh. Oh. McGee, it's just Mr. Wellington. You may put your hands down, Mr. Wellington. Thank you. Are you playing G-Man Junior or Junior G-Man? Just keeping an eye on the guy across the street. Smaltz. He's a German spy. Mm, really? And what is the basis of this somewhat startling conclusion? Well, he wouldn't lend McGee his lawnmower. Ah, conclusive evidence if I ever heard it. Betcha. Undoubtedly guilty also of the Chicago fire, the Black Tom explosion, the suiting of Dan McGrew. The wreck of the old 97 and a brother-in-law of Flattop. <laughs> Personally, I think McGee is off on the wrong foot this time, which in his case is either one. 
Is there anything we could do for you, Mr. Wellington? I merely wish to inquire if this was your bicycle clip, which was left in my theater the other night, McGee. Oh, sure. Much obliged, Sig. I wondered where I lost that sleeve garter. Sleeve garter? Mm-hmm. Well, then you don't ride a bicycle. Oh, not since he was a boy, Mr. Wellington. In those days, he used to ride a bicycle with gay abandon. Yeah, she rode on the handlebars. <laughs> Who did? Gay abandon. That was Louie Abandon's little daughter that lived down the street from me. Yeah. <laughs> he had quite a crush on her when he was ten years old. I was only nine. I just looked ten because I always wore my football suit. <laughs> I always wore my football suit because it was padded and I was always falling off my bicycle. So you think you don't think Frank Smaltz is a spy, eh, Wellington? I do not. Definitely. In fact, I should be inclined to poo-poo the whole idea, excepting that I do not consider it worthy of a double poo. <laughs> However, I shall give the story to my cousin, a police lieutenant, who likes to see his name in the paper for a few para. Graphs? Mm, yes, a few thousand a year, I suppose. But for day. <laughs> Your spy theory isn't getting much support, dearie. It's sickening. That's what it is. It's sickening. A guy as obvious a spy as old Frank G. Smaltz over there, and nobody but me catches on to it. That's just the trouble, McGee. He's too obvious to be a spy. That's exactly how clever he is, see? Don't you get it, Molly? He acts like a spy, so everybody will say, my gosh. He acts so much like a spy, he can't possibly be one. And I'm the only one that caught on. Well, my goodness, the man won't... Hello, folks. Hello, Mr. Wilcox. Hi, Waxy. Look. <laughs> you know anything about that guy Smart that lives across the street? That Nazi spy? What makes you think Frank is a spy, pal? That Eric von Stroheim haircut? Well, he wouldn't loan McGee his lawnmower, Mr. Wilcox. Oh, it isn't that entirely. It's a lot of things, Junior. He's always taking pictures out at the airplane plant, and he keeps pigeons. How large a coat has he got? I'd say about a 44 stub, Mr. Wilcox, with padded shoulders no, and all, no, you know. No, no, no. He means a dove coat, Molly. Oh. Big enough for 40 or 50 birds, Junior. I caught one in a net Saturday and found a message tied to his leg. Well, what did it say? It said, roses are red, violets are blue. I mind my own business. Why don't you? <laughs> it's the same. One of these fine days, I'm going to manage to get his fingerprints, and when I send them down to Washington... Gee, will you show them to me, pal? Huh? Why, sure, Junior. Are you interested in espionage, Mr. Wilcox? No, no, no. I'm just interested in fingerprints. You are, huh? I sure am. They fascinate me. Oh. I guess that's because I see so few of them. In police stations, you mean? No, no. In people's homes and offices. You see, with so many people using Johnson's wax on their furniture and woodwork. And what were you going to say, dearie, uh, ladies and gentlemen, what? I was going to say, ladies and gentlemen, we will now hear from our Mr. Wilcox on behalf of something or other, but <laughs> that seems kind of silly now. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't think Smaltz is a spy, eh, Junior? I think the very idea is ridiculous. Oh, yeah? Well, I got to talking to the mailman the other day and was sort of idly thumbing through the mail while talking to him, and you know what? He had some mail addressed to Franklin Delano Schmaltz. <laughs> Who does he think he's kidding with that stuff? 
So what? People have been naming children after presidents for a hundred years. Yes, but I'll have to admit that uh, Mr. Schmaltz has a very heavy beard for a 12-year-old boy. I'll say he has. Franklin Delano Schmaltz. It's an atlas, that's what it is. A what? An atlas. You know, an assumed name. (laughs) You mean alias, dearie. Uh, Oh, I do, eh? Well, then who's the little girl who walked through the looking glass? Alice. Oh, yeah? Well, who's the guy that holds the world up on his shoulders? That's Atlas. <laughs> what are you two trying to do? Make me out a complete illiterate? <laughs> <laughs> Atlas is the horns on a moose, and you know it. <laughs> oh, no, pal. Those are antlers. Oh, yeah? Well, then what's the term for a baby ant? <laughs> antlers, so quit quibbling. <laughs> And you think Smoltz is okay, eh, Junior? I certainly do. As a matter of fact, from something I saw him do the other day, I'd say he was a typical American. What was that, Mr. Wilcox? Well, he left his engine running outside the gas ration board while he went in and yelled for 40 minutes about how they were making it so tough for him. Forget it, pal. You're on the wrong track. getting all worked up over nothing. Heavenly days, just because a man won't let you take his lawnmower doesn't make him an enemy alien. It makes him an enemy. Oh, dear. Well, can you leave your witch hunting long enough to go wash up for dinner? No, I'm sorry, Molly. I am not going to stir from this window. I'll have my dinner right here. All right, my lord and master. Your slightest whim is my command. Hmm? Up to a point, which we haven't quite reached. But we're getting close. I'll have Beulah set a card table here by the window. Oh, Beulah! Somebody scream for Beulah in here? <laughs> Look, Beulah, I want to keep an eye on the guy across the street. Would you mind serving our dinner right here on a card table? No, so wherever you want it, you can get it. Across the street, sir. Man named Schmaltz, Bueller. Mr. McGee thinks he might be a Nazi spy. Mm-hmm. Goodness sake. Mm-hmm. He's come Nazi spying around me, and I'm going to just stop him across the head with a frying pan. <laughs> Make it a roasting pan, Bueller. I got a feeling we're going to cook his goose. Cook his goose, look at you. Love that man. <laughs> What are we having for dinner tonight, Beulah? Oh, going to be real tasty, ma'am. Potage Rockaway, followed by beef richelieu and sauce creole, pan de blay and poudin chateau for dessert. Mm. Wow. Aren't we getting kind of fancy, Beulah? No, sir. Huh? <laughs> That's just cookbook for clam chowder, hamburger and onions, cornbread and cottage pudding. <laughs> Well, I don't mind telling you, Beulah, you're one of the best cooks I ever knew, in French or English. Thank you, ma'am. And in return, may I say you is two of the finest eaters I ever knew, including the Scandinavian name that I worked for in 1932. <laughs> you ever go to a school of domestic science, Beulah? The best one here, sir, the OPK Academy. OPK? Where's that? Other people's kitchen. <laughs> well, you sure learned your racket, Beulah. You stick pretty close to the cookbook. Well, my mama used to tell me, it's beautiful thing. Always remember, some cooks can make a old hot water bottle taste like a fine piece of beef. Mm-hmm. But the versa can really get to be a vice. <laughs> well, Susan, I'll get back to the <laughs> 
Hey, Molly, you know what? Moths has spent the whole afternoon putting up a radio aerial. Well, you were four days putting ours up. Huh? And then we couldn't get anything but local stations unless we shut off the refrigerator and wore headphones. <laughs> yeah, but this is a different thing. Moths has got an aerial 90 feet long. Look at the darn thing. Hmm. You sure that isn't a clothesline? Clothesline? 30 feet off the ground? Even his long underwear isn't that long. <laughs> I'm telling you, that guy can send messages to Tokyo with an aerial like that. Oh, McGee, this is a lot of nonsense. You spent the whole day peeping out of the windows and... Get in front of me, Molly, quick. I'll shoot over your shoulder. Ah, don't be silly. <laughs> Come in. Oh, Dr. Gamble. Hello, Doctor. Hello, Molly. Hi, medicine man. How are you today, Jessabu? Want to go for a walk? I can't leave the front window, Doc. I'm keeping an eye on the guy across the street. He's a German spy. Frank Schmaltz, a German spy? Yeah. Ha, 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 McGee, you kill me. <laughs> the first sensible suggestion I've heard today. <laughs> and I tell you, Doc, this guy is a dangerous alien. Oh, cut me. Hmm? <laughs> Trouble with you, McGee, is you haven't enough to occupy your mind. Sit around on your imagination all day and dream up fancy crimes for the neighbors. Is that so? Why, you short-sighted, dull-witted, walking delegate of the Butcher's Union, you can't see a case of sabotage when it's dangled in front of your puppy old eyes. Why, you little dime store Dick Tracy, you wouldn't recognize a spy if you saw him coming ashore in a rubber boat. Go douse yourself with some tannic acid. You're suffering from third-degree William J. Burns. Is that so? Yes. By George, you... Oh, now, boy, stop it. Certainly. Oh, no. Do you think uh, Mr. Schmaltz is all right, do you, Doctor? Certainly. What makes you think he's a spy? He wouldn't lend McGee his lawnmower. But hypo my journey. Good day. (laughs) Molly, gee whiz, loaning me his lawnmower didn't have much to do with it. All that done was to make me suspicious in the first place. Nevertheless, dearie, the doctor is right. This whole thing is silly, and I'll go help Beulah set up a card table. Okay. Well, there goes a good kid. But she don't realize the seriousness of this situation. Here I am, the only guy in town that's caught on to this guy. And who can I convince? Nobody. My gosh, if he realized I knew his secret, he'd bump me off the... Don't shoot! I mean, I put him up. I see you. Oh, who is it? Answer. Yes, sir. Uh, come in. <laughs> Oh, oh, hi. Hi, sis. Come in, quick. Get out of the line of fire. What line of what fire, mister? Well, you never know when there might be shooting, sis. Oh, goody. Who's going to shoot somebody? If that guy Smaltz across the street catches on to the fact that I'm on to his game, he'll be shooting at me. You realize that guy's a German spy, sis? Gee, honest, mister, how'd you know? Well, he wouldn't lend me his llama, or, well, I know it, that's all. <laughs> He takes pictures of war plants. He's got a German accent. He keeps pigeons. I know it. Career pigeons. Carrier pigeons. My daddy says when a man spends as much time with his pigeons as Mr. Smoltz does, it's a career. <laughs> so, your old man, I mean, so your father noticed it too, did he? Hmm? I said your father noticed this guy's activities too, eh? Sure. My daddy says if Mr. Smoltz's pigeons don't quit eating our garden seeds, we're either going to have grilled smalls or swab on toast. <laughs> Your garden seeds ain't important, sis. This guy is a sapatini. He's perfectly likely to throw a handful of incendiary bombs into the car barn and disrupt transportation. 
I pulled the cops. I wired Washington. I squawked everybody. And what happened? Nobody believes me. I'm an alarmist. I'm a big stoop. I'm a fussy old fool. I know it. Huh? <laughs> I tell you, sis, something has got to be done. But quick. Okay. Huh? I'll get Willie too, and we'll take his air rifle, and we'll bust a couple of his front winners. And when he comes running out, I'll go in his garage and let the air out of his tires. And while I do that, you cut his telephone wire. Hey, 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 hey. Now, not so fast, sis. Not so fast. We've got no authority for stuff like that there. Well, gee, has he got any priority for throwing in sanitary bombs into the car barn? Well, has he? Well. Oh, but my gosh, Okay, then. Okay, then. Huh? Willie, bust the winners. I'll let the air out of his tires. You cut the phone wires. Willie chases the pigeons away. I'll stick in the cellar window. No, 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 no. No, sis, no. Hmm? Gee whiz, we can't take the law into our own hands like that. The guy may be a rat, but he's entitled to the due processes of the law, see? We gotta be legal. Is it legal to be a German spy? Well, no, but... Okay, then. Willie shoots the winners. I'll let the air out of his tires. You cut the phone No, line. no, no, sis, no. Willie chases the pigeons. I sneak in the cellar window. Hey, Willie! No. <laughs> Gee whiz. That kid's liable to ruin everything. I'm going to run over there. I hear you talking to somebody, McGee. Yeah, the little girl from across the street. I told her about Smoltz, and she's all for burning down his house and wrecking his car. Well, that's what always happens when you don't let the proper authorities handle things like this. Heavenly days. She did it! That little mug! McGee, you can't let her get into trouble like that. You'll have to help her. Okay, I will, but why can't I keep my big fat mouth shut? Well, here we go! Hey, get back in the house there, you, before you get hurt. What's the matter, officer? Hey, what's going on here? Arresting one of your neighbors, a guy named Schmaltz. He's a German spy. You hear that, Molly? Schmaltz is a German spy. That's what you said, dearie. I did? I did! I caught a spy! Now call the newspapers! Call the newspapers! Ladies and gentlemen, this program begins our tenth year on the air for Johnson's Wax. We'd like to express our thanks to the Johnson Wax people... Don Quinn, our writer, the National Broadcasting Company, and especially to you. As always, your loyalty and support have been wonderful, and we deeply appreciate it. Next year, we... Oh, for goodness sakes, hmm? McGee, stop fidgeting. Haven't you any appreciation? Sure, and I got hope, too. Hope for what? I hope that Smaltz left his garage unlocked. That's where he keeps his lawnmower. <laughs> Good night. Good night, all. <laughs> Of those two men with...